Sleep and sports, baby. Episode number what? Four, five, five now. Number five, baby. Look at that. Skip last week. Uh, very busy week last week. Just didn't necessarily have the time or motivation to get it done. I'm sorry about that. This week, uh, had all my stuff planned out. Was going to record last night, and then I broke my phone. So I am without a phone until later this week. Uh, Going to be recording on my laptop. So if I sound different, that is why. But uh, I wanted to get another episode out since it's been a while. We'll talk a little bit of sports, no guests today, and then a small gambling section at the end. Probably be a smaller episode, shorter episode, but let's get it, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! to start off with some tennis today yeah i said that tennis u.s open i don't know if you guys watched it but you should have because it was serena's uh last go at it more than likely i don't know if she's officially announced retirement or not but i think everybody kind of knew it was going to be her last time um and she killed it right like went out there i think a lot of people thought she was going to lose in the first round um because when i was watching it there was like a whole like a little ceremony for her and like the US Open did this this whole thing to, you know, kind of pay to kind of pay tribute to her and um yeah, she went out there and ended up winning that game or that match. Um and then second round she gets paired with the number number two girl in the world. So everybody kinda of wrote her out. And uh she went out there and upset the number two girl in the world. It was crazy. Uh great way to kinda of go out. She did end up losing the round after that but had a great run at it, and I mean, you know, a lot of you probably don't watch tennis. I used to not watch tennis. There's a lot of sports I didn't watch, but if you actually sit there and pay attention, it can get interesting. You get a good rally going, that is intense. It's it's fun to watch when you actually sit down and watch it, and Serena, you know, to me, she is a legend of the sport. I just wanted to watch it because it was going to be her last go at it, and you know, she, she deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore of sports. Like, she literally had that big of an impact in tennis. If you look up everything that she did, how many grand slams she had, um, compared to any other girl, it's just out of the park, you know? And um, I don't know if I would put her in my main Mount Rushmore. I Yeah, I, you, you almost have to. It's kind of hard nowadays though, you know? Like you really could have two different Mount, Mount Rushmores nowadays because when you include all the different sports, like there are a lot of people who have just dominated on a different level. And if, if I'm an American, obviously I'm going to probably include a football athlete and a basketball athlete for sure being the two biggest sports. So you put MJ and Tom Brady on there, but then after that, like you got Serena, of course, you got Michael Phelps who had that incredible Olympic run. Like I don't think people, understood how insane that was uh muhammad ali in boxing uh usain bolt fastest man in the world like dude is breaking record 200 and 100 times while looking at the camera and 
pointing at the other athletes and arms at the side like he's an airplane. Like, what? this dude is crazy. Uh, of course, Tiger Woods, when he was in his prime, most dominant golfer by a mile. Like, wasn't there one time he won the Masters by, like, 12 strokes or something like that? Um, hockey, you got Wayne Gretzky. I mean, that's eight names right there. You could literally make two different Mount Rushmore's with those eight names. And I don't think if you replaced any for another one on your main Mount Rushmore that there would be too big of an argument. You can make an argument for any of those people. But uh, Serena is definitely one of those eight. You know, she's on one of the two Mount Rushmores, my two Mount Rushmores. She's insane. And I know I'm a little late on this because obviously I haven't done an episode in a minute. But Donovan Mitchell got traded to the Cavaliers for Agbaji, who was uh, a rookie out of Kansas, just won a championship in college, hasn't played pro yet, but... I think he could be a good rotation player. Uh, Laurie Markkinen, little white dude. Uh, I think he's got a good shot. I know he's played for them off the bench a little bit. I don't, he might even have started a few. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention to the Cavs a whole lot last year, but I've heard his name quite a bit. I know he's got to be a decent role player. And then, of course, Colin Sexton. I mean, that dude can ball. I I think the Cavs low-key gave up too much. Donovan Mitchell Incredible athlete, Spider can ball too, but I mean, he's got good defense, good two-way player, but Sexton was already a, a good point guard, you know, you had a Baji who could have, you know, there's a lot of potential there that they just gave up, I'm not saying he was guaranteed to be something, but there was potential, and then Markkinen, I mean, he was a, a good spot-up shooter, and I don't know, it's just a little bit too much for Mitchell in my eyes. He's, you know, an all-star, one of the best in the league, and you want to get those stars, but he's not, like, that next-level all-star in my mind. I don't think he's going to be the best option on a championship team, but maybe it proves me wrong. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm wondering how the Jazz are going to look next year, giving up both Mitchell and uh, Rudy Gobert in the same offseason completely different team but uh I don't know they might not be too bad they might they might be okay over there and then of course this weekend after the loss Nebraska finally decides to move on from the Scott Frost era finishes 16 and 31 overall as a head coach um but one stat that was really thrown out there a lot that he was getting just absolutely railed on Five and 22 in one score games. So gets to a close game. Obviously, coaching is getting involved in those in those situations, and that's just an that's just an atrocious record for one score game. Five and 22. Um, I, I don't know why they didn't move on from him last year. Nebraska football. I don't think will ever be what it used to be, but they should definitely have better seasons than what they've had under him. Um, if I'm not wrong, I think he's an alumni there. So maybe that had something to do with it, holding on to that. But dude was just not good. And hopefully whoever they bring in next will be able to turn that around. But uh, I'm not going to lie. Being from Iowa, not necessarily an Iowa or Iowa State fan, but just being from Iowa, it is fun laughing at Nebraska. <laughs> so I'll miss you. I'll miss you, Scott Frost. It was fun watching you fail utterly. 
So Lamar Jackson and the Ravens somehow do not come up with a good deal for both of them to agree upon and sign. And I don't know how they've been talking for how long. Uh, clearly, the Ravens want him to be the franchise quarterback and didn't reach a deal and he's not holding out. So clearly he wants to be there. I don't know what's happening. They offered him the biggest contract for any quarterback, but not all of it guaranteed. So I guess he just wants that guaranteed money. All I know is he's probably going to end up signing there anyway, and all this does is just create drama, and it makes me nervous because I'm in three fantasy leagues, and for some reason I decided to draft the same quarterback in all three leagues, and he is that quarterback. So when this news came out that they didn't come out with the deal, I was so, so nervous that like within that hour we were going to hear that he's holding out and I was going to be just irate, have to make all these moves on all three of my fantasy teams, that would have been a mess. That would have had me all in a all in a cloud. I wouldn't have known what to do. Um, but yeah, it looks like he's gonna play this year. So nothing nothing to be nervous about. Went out there week one, tore it up, absolutely tore it up, and uh through the air too. Touchdown passes, touchdown yards, or touchdown yards, passing yards. Um, he did some groundwork. Like, you know, it's Lamar. He's going to do a little bit of run around, but he showed people he could play quarterback. Like, he's got an arm, and he can do it. Um, but, yeah, it's it surprised me that they weren't able to come up with something, and it surprises me even more that he's just, like, going to play on his other contract. And um, I think they can franchise tag him after this year, so I don't know. He, he probably should have taken that money, but – Hey, as long as he's playing for my fantasy team and giving me points this year, I don't care, baby. All right, so week one overall, very hectic, both college and NFL. Um, lots of good games, lots and lots of good games. We're going to talk about the upsets because there was plenty of them on both sides. We'll get we'll talk about five from each. Um, starting off with college, you, of course, had – this one, I guess, wasn't an upset, but I put it on the list because it definitely should have been an upset. If you watch this game, you can tell Alabama's got a lot of booster money from them championships, and they are paying them refs to do whatever they can to help them out because Texas should have won that game. Uh, very good game if you watched it. Texas ends up losing their starting quarterback uh, like early in the second quarter, maybe late in the first. So even though they were up, I think it was 14-7 when they lost him. I was like, oh, you know, it's Alabama. Like, come on, this game's over now. Like, it probably would have been over if he was still in the game, but it's really over now. Like, the spread at the time was still 14 and a half, maybe even 20. I don't know. So, like, everybody was still fully expecting Bama to win. Um, and I was flipping back and forth, had a couple games going. Uh, look, look back over after halftime, and it's, you know, it's still neck and neck. So I turned that game on, and I start watching um clear safety on one play they end up calling roughing the passer um another play in the end zone where dude dude from texas throws it up clear pass interference from bama like literally shoves the receiver out of bounds before while the ball's in the air it's not even to him yet no call i mean it was it did get bad in some situations there was two maybe even three calls that were just like dude that's bad. 
not even like a uh, could have gone both ways, but they're giving Bama the benefit of the doubt. No, they were giving Bama what they wanted, and uh, it was still a close game. I mean, they should have lost. They definitely should have lost that game, and it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back because, you know, everybody had Bama way ahead of everybody else this year, huge favorites to win it all. Um, I think them and Ohio State were really the only two teams you really heard people making predictions to win it. Um, but, yeah, first game out, going down to Texas and kind of struggled a little bit. And definitely got the benefit of the doubt with that one. Um, another game, of course, you had my Gators hosting the Kentucky Wildcats. And, you know, I knew this game was going to be a close one. Um, after beating Utah week one and jumping from unranked to number 12, I did have my hopes up. I was really hoping we could defend the swamp one more time. But Kentucky's a good opponent, just like Utah. I I was honestly expecting us to come out of those first two games. I went two, but we're one and one, so I can't complain. And Kentucky always gives us a really hard time every every year, dude. They they just they know as well. They give us a hard time every single year. Um, and even when they're better than us, and we're the underdogs, it's usually a tough fight. But we go into that game favored every single year. And every single year, they cover the spread. And I didn't take Kentucky on the spread because I hate gambling against my team. Um, but I also hate gambling with my team, so I just stayed away. Didn't touch it. And, um, yep, Kentucky ends up not only covering the spread but winning the game outright. That spread was uh, – okay, it floated around from six, six and a half. But, yeah, I was I was staying away from that. If I was going to take anything, it would have been Kentucky. Um, App State – beating, I think, number six, Texas A&M. Um, that game, I didn't catch the first part of it. When I saw the score at halftime was tied, I checked the lines, and, of course, they still had Texas A&M favored by a lot. I actually put money on Appalachian State money line, and I think they were still like 14-point dogs or something, uh, just like a little $10 bet, but it paid out like plus 270 or something like that. So I made a nice little $27 off of that. Um, and, you know, it was just kind of a dabble in the dark because I knew Appalachian State's a good team. Um, Texas A&M, obviously, great team. They had a lot of hopes for this season, especially being ranked in the top 10 already. But Appalachian State ain't nothing to play around with. And when I saw that they were hanging around for that long, I was like, okay, you know, like, that's too good of value there because – if it's tied at halftime, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to lose this game like more times than not. I, I think it'd be pretty even at this point, like just like how the game has shown up to this point now. And I, you know, threw a little bit of money there, paid out. They uh, played a very good game. And um, I don't know if you saw videos online. There was a couple of videos going viral of, uh, I think it was just right outside the stadium, uh, two big, big group of, I don't know if it was just fans or students come running at each other. It's like raining out, and they just start jumping up and down, celebrating. It, it was cool. It was really cool. Um, BYU versus Baylor, I didn't catch much, much of this game. Uh, I was kind of cooking at the time. And then when I got back into the living room, I started looking at the UFC because we had UFC 279 on Saturday night. We talked about that a little bit too. Um, so I didn't really catch much of it. I knew this was going to be a good game. I did take Baylor. Um, I don't remember what the spread was. It was it was around even. It it wasn't too big of a spread. Um, 
But yeah, BYU pulls it off. They're ranked 21, I believe. Baylor was in the top 10. And uh, so, I mean, that's a smaller upset because BYU was ranked. They're a respected team, but that was big going in and beating a, a top 10 school like that. And then, uh, of course, Washington State pulling off a big upset against Wisconsin. I don't think anyone saw that coming. The Pac-12, I don't even really look at as a power conference anymore, especially once they lose UCLA and uh, USC. I mean, what are you going to have over there now? Like Oregon and what, Stanford? Like Stanford hasn't been good for a minute. Washington, they haven't been good for a minute. Washington State has not been good for a minute. And they just came out and beat Wisconsin. I don't know what happened. Wisconsin, Big Ten. Big Ten always push out, pushes out three or four really good schools every year. And there's a good chance that Wisconsin is one of them. If not, they're still middle of the pack. Like, that's a that's a good program they got going over there. They were ranked, I believe, 19. Um, Washington State, of course, unranked. Probably not even close to getting a ranking yet. And, uh, yeah, I, I checked the score on this a couple of times. I didn't actually watch this game. I just remember sitting there thinking, like, ah, Wisconsin will be all right. Wisconsin will be all right. Wisconsin will be all right. Come around the fourth quarter, eh, I don't think Wisconsin's all right. <laughs> and I was I was wrong. The Badgers ended up losing that game, couldn't pull it together. And uh, I want to see how they bounce back, too, because that, that, that one probably surprised me the most out of all of those upsets, the Washington State beating Wisconsin. That's the five for college. Slide over to the NFL. First upset. This one surprised me a lot. Bears over the Niners. Uh, wet, rainy game. You probably saw the video of Justin Fields doing the nice little slide at the end with, with his homies, you know, celebrating. That was really cool. Um, yeah, I I did not see this one coming. Um, 49ers have just been such a good team on both sides of the ball. Bears have struggles on struggles on struggles for the past, I don't know, four or five years, maybe even longer. So, yeah, that, that surprised me. Um, Steelers and Bengals, that one didn't surprise me as much. It was, a, it was a surprise. The Bengals were just in the Super Bowl. Steelers are, you know, coming out with a new quarterback in Mitch Trubisky, who pff, I'm still not big on. I, I think he's garbage. But, I mean, it's a, it's a cross-division rivalry, one of the best ones in the NFL, you know. So I, it doesn't really surprise me too much. But that was still a big upset. I'm not going to play it down like it wasn't a big upset. Um, Texans and Colts, it wasn't necessarily an upset, but they tied. That that was a big surprise to me. The Texans, <clears throat> garbage. Colts, I had big aspirations for. They had a great team last year. I don't think going from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan should make much of a difference at all. I thought they were going to be another you know, 10-17 and 17 this year, something like that. But after that performance, I don't know. I, I think they'll bounce back. They got good coaching over there. They got a good franchise and all that. But the Texans, dude, week one. But once again, it's that cross-division play, you know. They know each other well. The coaching knows each other well. A lot more closer games. So maybe that had something to do with it. But that just threw me off a little bit. Threw me off. And then we have the Giants and Titans. This one, I actually lost a decent amount of money on not this game specifically because I actually had them parlayed another team that got upset that we'll talk about next. But yeah, this one was probably the biggest surprise of the entire weekend to me. Uh, 
the Titans, I thought, would just ground and pound, control the clock, um, you know, run their play action with Tannehill when they need to. And then defensively, I didn't I didn't think the Giants would be able to move the ball against that Titans defense. Um, I thought that that defense would contain the Giants pretty easily. I don't know. That was that was a wild game. Titans had a chance to win it at the end, missed a field goal. Um, and, yeah, I was pretty upset because that was my, – my favorite bet of the weekend was a two-leg parlay, and that was the first team in it. And so when they lost, kind of – Kind of put me in the dumps. I was a little mad, a little upset because I did put a lot of money on that. But it wouldn't have mattered because the other team I had them paired with was the Broncos, who go into Seattle and lose on Monday Night Football. And I I did not see that coming either. I don't think anybody saw Geno's performance coming. That dude tore it up. And, you know, playing against the former team, Got to have a little motivation there, right? Like, maybe that played a part, but, hey, Russ was playing his former team, too. Only thing is, Russ is coming in that building getting booed. I don't know if you guys heard him, but he got booed hard, too. I, I, I don't know how you can do that to a dude that spent how many years with your franchise and won a championship for you. That's like LeBron treatment there when he left the Cavs the first time. I mean, I guess he didn't win a championship, but. Dude grew up in Cleveland, played eight years there, and then you got people burning his jerseys and stuff. Like, dang, people on the back of Russ jerseys were putting fraud and wearing his jersey around without Russ on it, having fraud on the back. Like, you guys are butthurt, man. You got Geno. Clearly, he's the better quarterback. Did you not watch the game? Get over it. But, no, that, that was that was interesting to me. Like, I don't know, as a Patriots fan, when Tom came back that first time, I don't know if you saw that, but – the crowd was cheering for him like we were Bucks fans, like we forgot who the Patriots even were for a second. <laughs> but, you know, there's a difference between six Super Bowls and no interceptions on the one-yard line to win the Super Bowl versus one Super Bowl and one of the biggest chokes in Super Bowl history. All right, now I'm taking shots. I'm sorry, Seahawks fans. I probably don't even have any Seahawks fans that listen, so who cares? Suck the Feehawks. Wink, wink. <laughs> okay. Let's move on <laughs> to uh, some combat sports. Uh, first, we'll actually talk about some former football players. We have Le'Veon and AP, who finally got their boxing match in after a uh, postponement like about a month ago. And, uh, yeah, sure you saw the clip of that. AP got rocked. AP got dropped. Le'Veon hit him with a nice little straight right hit him just so clean you see uh ap's ankles you know and knees kind of just give out on him falls to the ground he got up pretty quick but ref could tell he was dizzy called it off he tried to convince him i'm good i'm good i don't think he was good he probably would have been back on that canvas within another 30 seconds um but yeah i thought that i thought it was cool watching those two go at it for a little bit you know some some ex running backs duking it out I think uh, Le'Veon has the age advantage. AP was probably a little bit bigger. I don't know. Le'Veon was looking big in that ring. But uh, I'm pretty sure Le'Veon is, like, serious about this. He's he's trying to pursue a boxing career. So after that knockout, let's see if we can get him in the ring with someone who has some combat experience and see how he does, right? So then 
Saturday night hit UFC 279. Crazy event. Supposed to have Nate Diaz against Chimavez or Kamzat Chimez. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. I always butcher these names. But dude was 11-0. Nate Diaz, kind of a legend. 20-13, and 13, but he's had a lot of tough fights. Um, and, you know, he's still respected as a veteran. So it was a good fight for the uh, young up-and-comer. Chim- Chimavez? Uh, yeah. Chimev? I don't know. Um, so dude comes in, though, eight pounds overweight. So they switch up the fights. They give Nate Diaz, Tony Ferguson, and they give Kamzat, uh, Kevin Holland. So Kevin Holland and uh, Kamzat always had that, you know, beef there. And so part of me believes he came in overweight knowing that this fight would just switch in the way that it did. I think he wanted to fight Kevin Holland deep down. And so he was just like, you know what? I don't want to cut this weight. I probably could, but my doctors are telling me not to because that's what he claimed. The doctors were telling him not to. And if I don't do it, more than likely, I'm just going to be thrown into the weight class right above me to fight Kevin Holland, who I do not like. He doesn't like me. So I don't know. Maybe there was something behind that. Like, maybe he just didn't want to do it. <laughs> but uh, then we also got to see Tony Ferguson move up to fight Nate Diaz, which is also something we wanted to see. And maybe he knew that when he was coming in overweight that we would still get a great fight for the uh, headliner. Um, Tony Ferguson, another legend that's been playing, or not playing, but fighting for a long time. He's 25-6. and six. Um, Didn't necessarily have as big of matches as Nate Diaz, but both respected in the game. Have been doing this for a while. Um, that was a really good fight. Nate Diaz controlled it for most of it. Uh, there was even parts where he was kind of playing around with him, looking at him weird, or... He would take breaks and catch his breath. It was funny, but eventually, uh, first time Tony goes to shoot, uh, Nate gets him with a little headlock, puts him down with a submission, like, within seconds. It Dude shouldn't have shot, but even if he didn't shoot and they would have stayed on their feet for that entire fight, Nate Diaz probably would have won by decision or maybe even knockout because there was a couple times he caught him with some good ones um, but never had him, like, shaky. Um, and then course the uh Kaz or the Kamzat I think that's how you pronounce it and Kevin Holland fight from the jump runs out on Kevin Holland just like instantly I'm, I'm saying no hesitation runs out on him brings him to the floor wrestles around for a little bit uh looked like Kevin Holland was gonna get out a couple of times but then just ended up making his situation worse dude literally just had him like a snake went on him like a like a python just suffocated him couldn't do anything i think that fight was over within two minutes had him submitted that was crazy um you know he's 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 a good up-and-coming fighter he's 11 and 0 now 12 and 0 i guess um kevin holland was 23 and 7 like that's a respected fighter this dude is not someone that is going to be playing against no names like even though he's only had 12 fights they're going to start putting him in some big big fights and hopefully he can make weight but uh, I think he's one that will survive versus, you know, you got like Sugar Sean, who's got a great record. Everybody loves him. But let's be real. He's about to be thrown in with some bigger names now that he's built a little bit of a resume. And I think he's going to get his, his head just rocked and 
many fights. Um, but I love Sean. Honestly, he's my favorite fighter. I'm just being honest, you know? Like, he's fighting, I think, Peter Yan next. <sighs> I wouldn't be surprised that's over first round. I don't think it goes past second round. Um, and I, like I said, I love Sugar. I think he's funny. I love how he plays video games. He's got a cool fight style. Um, great striker, but... Yeah, let's be real, dude. Peter Yan is next level compared to you. And I know you haven't lost yet officially, but I don't know. Um, on the boxing side, uh, no big fights necessarily. However, two big, big announcements. Heavyweight division. Boom! Going at it. Anthony Joshua set to fight Tyson Fury. Anthony Joshua, I'm sure you've heard his name. 24-2. Uh, Tyson Fury, everybody knows him. He's the best in the heavyweight division. Came out of retirement, uh, I think for the second time. He's kind of on his Brett Favre, you know, vibe right now, doing his thing. Where after every fight, he claims he's retiring, even though people know it's probably not true. Um, and yeah, he's 32-0-1 with his only draw being against Deontay Wilder, who we know is another great, great fighter. Their trilogy was probably a top five, uh, probably a top three trilogy in boxing. Especially that third fight, that was that was crazy. Even the first fight was a very good fight. The second fight was really the only one where it was like, okay, yeah, Fury's way better. Those were some great fights. And uh, it's funny I mentioned him because the second fight that was announced is Deontay Wilder, 42, 2-1 against Andy Ruiz, who is 34-2. So uh, Wilder's got about eight more wins on him. Both have two losses. Of course, Wilder's two losses are both to Tyson Fury, the best ever. You take those fights out, he's undefeated as well. Um, and Andy Ruiz is nothing to play around with. I think he's out of California. Um, like I said, 34-2, and two, so he knows what he's doing as well. But I'll be honest with you, if you're not doing a Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder parlay on this, you're crazy. Tyson Fury is going to absolutely destroy Deontay Wilder. Or not Deontay Wilder. He already did that. He's going to absolutely destroy Anthony Joshua. Joshua's a good fighter, um, but I think he got upset in his very last fight. And then coming in to fight Tyson Fury, come on, bro. He's going to have a huge reach and weight advantage on him. And the dude, it's next level. He's just He really is just next level. Like He should be up there with the best of them all time because he's easily the best right now. Uh, Wilder, of course, Andy Ruiz hasn't really had like any really big, big fights. Versus Wilder has come out of a trilogy with the best ever. I think he's going to be really sharp. He uh, was undefeated before that trilogy, and so I think he's going to get back to his winning ways, probably retire with 45 wins. This will be one of them. And then um, that's it for combat sports. Really nothing else to talk about with sports, but I do want to talk about the fact that the World Cup is coming up very, very soon. Biggest sporting event in the world. Yes, bigger than the Super Bowl, guys, because not everybody around the world is obsessed with football like they are soccer or like the rest of the world calls it football, right? We love our American football over here, but almost everywhere else, the main sport is soccer. And it's going to be a big event, even if you don't like soccer. Tune in for like a couple of games, you know, especially once it gets down to the knockout stage, it gets intense. But, you know, I know it's not big scoring games. You're going to watch sometimes. It might be 2-1. to one. It might be 2-0. It might be 3-1 to one or something, you know? Not a lot of scoring. But they are intense games. 
And when you get into it, it's fun to watch, especially when it's the, the biggest of the big. Like, not everybody else around the world is into American football, but when the Super Bowl is playing, they tune in and watch. I've talked to people that I've played soccer with around the world. A lot of times they tell me they couldn't get, you know, American football on their cable television. But when the Super Bowl was on, they would be able to get the Super Bowl almost every single year. Just like us with the World Cup, you know, yeah, we do have soccer that we can watch year-round. People aren't going to watch it because we're so obsessed with American football. But for a big, big event like this, our country should be tuning in because this is what the rest of the world is obsessed with, and there's a lot of hype behind it. There's a lot of money into it. There's a, there's a lot that goes into this. It's, it's really fun. I really do think if you like sports, you would enjoy it, even if you're not necessarily a big soccer fan. So give it a try. But now we're going to get into the gambling section, baby. Let's learn how to make some money. Now we're to the part of the show where I'm going to give you sports gambling advice and how to make money or possibly lose money. I don't know. We'll find out together. Won't it be so fun? Maybe fun. Maybe not fun. Either way, it's time. Let's hit the lines. Uh, without my phone, I've actually decided we're going to postpone this gambling seg- segment to uh, when I get it. So then, hopefully, I get it Thursday. But if I get it Friday, I can get something released Friday night for over the weekend. But hopefully, I get it Thursday. So then I can release something uh, by Friday morning. Um, that way, I can talk about both week one and give a preview into week two uh, versus just talking about week one now where I don't have any information for week two yet. I haven't quite looked ahead. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll have a whole different segment. I won't necessarily talk about sports or have a guest, so it'll probably be another really short episode where I'm just covering gambling from week one and looking at the preview into week two. Um, but yeah, that's going to be it for episode five, short one, but I'll release the gambling segment later this week. Thanks for listening, guys. And hey, man, doesn't hurt to you know tell your buddy about this, right? Nice little podcast. Plug it in while you're at work. Listen to it. Give it a shot. Tell your buddy. Tell him to tell his buddy. We'll grow. Love you guys.